Welcome to Paint Ed. PCA provides painting contractors with connections they need to grow their business. To find out more and to become a member, go to PCAPaintEd.org. From now until September 15th, we are encouraging members to register to Paint It Forward as a way to give back to their local community. You can register individually or as a group on our website. Look for Paint It Forward under the Events tab to register. In today's podcast, we feature an episode of Contractor Evolution from Breakthrough Academy. In this episode, Benji talks with plumber-turned-marketing expert Matt Jones about what it means for a contractor to have a content strategy in 2022 and what you can expect for results if you get it right. Hey everyone, welcome back to Contractor Evolution. My guest on the show today is Matt Jones, founder of Trady Web Guys, one of Australia's premier digital marketing agencies for contractors, which they call tradies down under. They specialize in website development, SEO, Google ads, and content strategy. Uh, they work exclusively with the construction and trades niche, with which obviously we like, um, and they have clients all over the world. As you know, we are usually quite skeptical of digital marketers. There are a lot of of jokers out there ready to take your money. But Matt is legit. He himself is a ticketed plumber and spent many years on the job site before making the switch over to digital marketing. He also runs one of the biggest marketing for contractors type podcasts in the world, which is called The Site Shed. And you'll find it on whatever platform you're listening to this on. Anyway, today's conversation is about why and how you need to begin implementing a content marketing strategy into your business, even if you have more leads than you can handle already. Uh, also, you can check out Trady Web Guys and the work they do by clicking on the link in the description. Hope you enjoy it. You're watching Contractor Evolution, where we unpack the systems, tactics, and skills you need to take your fast-growing contracting business to the next level. You're here to learn what it takes to scale up, work less, and increase profitability. You've come to the right place. Stay tuned to learn what separates the new breed of contractor from the old school, and welcome to your ultimate guide on the business of contracting. Matt, thank you so much for being here, man. I'm excited to have you. Benji, welcome. Um, welcome. I'm so used to having people on my show. <laughs> yeah. Well, you are also a podcaster, so I'm sure it's uh, it's it's baked in. That's all good. Um, thank you for welcoming me to our own show. I'm glad Sweet. to be here. I'm glad to have you. I know it's early over there, so thanks for doing this. Okay, tell I I would like our listeners to know a little bit about you, about Trady Web Guys, a bit about the site shed. Like, just give us give us the story on Matt Jones. Okay, well, let's let's reel it right back. So, like many of your listeners out there and viewers, um, I actually used to be a plumber. I suppose I still am a plumber, technically. I've still got the ticket. Does that count? Yeah. Not sure. You probably wouldn't want me working on your house these days, but... Um, yeah, so I went through my... I live on the east coast of Australia. I grew up in Sydney. Uh, Australia, for you guys that don't know, is a little island just south of Florida. Um, and I, like many of the listeners there, I, I, um, I, I wasn't what you would consider an academic student. Uh. Um, I, I didn't have, um, like I've had this conversation many times with your very own Danny Kerr, you know, n- neither of us were exactly uh, gifted when it came to school, but street um, smarts were really good though. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Call it what you want. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I sort of had that 
option when I left school or high school, you know, I could either go to university and struggle like I did in high school or I could, um, you know, go and get myself a trade. So I decided to go and get myself a trade and um, it was it, plumbing it turned out to be and it was fantastic. So I did my apprenticeship on the, on the North Shore of Sydney and um, that sort of led me uh, led me to working all over the world. To be honest, I worked in 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 London, in England. I worked in Canada. I worked in the United States. Um, it was a really good journey, and um, and it opens, like I've said a million times on my own podcast. You know, it opens up a lot of windows of opportunities. Yeah. And um, as a result, when I returned back to um, Sydney after my gallivanting around the planet, um, I decided to. Um, get take a little bit more of an interest into business, and I ended up working in a sales and marketing role for a, a company that distributed a plumbing technology. So we would um, basically bring this tech in from all over the world, and we would distribute it throughout Asia Pacific. And um, that was really my first taste into the whole um, sales marketing business side of, um, I suppose, the industry. Did you like and it? And I, I loved it. I yeah. loved it. Yeah, I really, I really got into it. Um, and I, I, so I sort of, it, it really got me, it really got the, like the creative juices flowing on the education front because while I was in that position, I was starting to create a lot of, you know, content, educational content about how to use the, the, the stuff that we've just sold these, you know, these companies because people would come to us and they say, hey, listen, we just bought this $200,000 trailer off you. Right. Um, you know, First of all, we needed to know how to use it. So we, like we've done the onboarding, but beyond that, and I'm like, cool. And then, you know, and the second of all, you know, if we don't start selling this stuff, we're going to be sleeping in that trailer you, you sold us. <laughs> so um, <laughs> hook a brother up. And so, you know, we I, we started going down. I was like, well, you know, you've you got to get these things on your, this stuff on your website so people know you do it. And people are like, well, I haven't, got, I haven't got a website. And I'd be like, well, you, you kind of got to get a website, like, you know. This is the this is the golden ages, right? Yeah. This is two thousand and six, two thousand and seven. Yeah, <laughs> and people were like, "Okay, how do I do that?" And I'm like, "I have no idea. I'll sort sort it out for you." And I ended up building a couple of these websites um, for people for for and, the um, clients that you had sold this sort of plumbing technology solution to. <clears throat> yeah, and then one thing led to another, and. Um, in truth, I wasn't really enjoying the position that much that I was in. And um, I thought I did everything wrong. I didn't really know anything about business at that point in time. So um, I, I, I over avidly preached, don't do not do what I did to, to um, listeners and viewers. But I basically thought, oh, this is it. I'm onto a winner here. I'm just going to throw the towel in with my job and go all in on this thing. And then I did. <laughs> and by luck or miracle, I'm not sure, you know, Twelve years later, we're um, we're still in business and doing quite well, but um, it certainly wasn't the right way to go about it. But essentially, you know, what started as a couple of websites for um, you know as plumbers back in the day, yeah, um, it ended up into um, you know complete websites and marketing solutions for trade businesses mm. um, all over all over the place, and and then that sort of while we we're on that journey, we were doing a lot of education for, um, uh, I suppose like the message that we, I was trying to convey from the beginning was tying back to what I spoke to you about before with the whole, you don't just not being academic doesn't necessarily mean you're stupid. So I was representing, um, you know, the department, well, I was actually representing tradespeople um, at the Department of Education, which is a big governing body yeah. here in Australia. And we were presenting it 
um, like a roundtable event down in um, down in the Australia's capital, which is Canberra, and um, I was um, very much the only one there without a government. Uh, email address and um, I thought this is really great because I'm sitting here at this panel and I've got all these you know um, all these highly educated uh, you know people that are standing here academics if you want that are asking me all these questions and I was I thought this is fun so I, I sort of getting more into the education side of things and that led me into back in 2016 starting the site shed podcast and that was kind of before podcasting was cool. Yeah. Um, and so a lot of it, it, it was it was a pretty slow burn and a lot of people didn't really understand, I suppose, why why I started that, but um, why I was doing it, why I was spending so much time in doing that and not just building the, 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 the agency. Right. And, um, you know, years later it sort of paid off. So now the site sheds, you know, probably top five trade business podcasts on the planet. Um, and, yeah, we've got well over well over 350 odd episodes out wow. there probably by the, by the time we're recording this certainly probably beyond that so the uh, the, the podcast was I'm, I'm assuming done definitely for fun and and to get education out there to get a message out there but but also as sort of like a a brand piece for tradey web guys which is your your main business entity so the whole idea and concept initially was to become sort of like a industry uh, authority for the digital space for trade businesses. So in a, I should qualify as well. In Australia, we call contractors tradies. Yes. And that's basically anyone that's anyone that's got a, has done an apprenticeship is essentially a tradie. Um, and so we throw into that basket. It's really convenient. And um, I know a lot of the North Americans love it because they're like, oh man, that's so easy. We just throw builders, plumbers, electricians, landscape gardeners, roofers, like you, painters, they're all just tradies, man. So it's, it's really way easy. simpler. We love to, we so love we, to simplify things. Should we just change it um, to tr- tradie evolution and just go deep <laughs> in the Australian market? That's what we should change the name of the show too. We'll consider it. We'll table that for later. So tell us, tell us, uh, tell us a bit about just like the, the, you know, what is Trady web guys? Like what, what uh, I know you guys are an agency. If somebody came up off the street and said, Matt, like, what do you do? Uh, how do you break it down in layman's terms? Really simply, we just, we build websites and we have marketing built, create marketing products and solutions for trade businesses. And that includes everything from, um, search engine optimization, which is our sort of main thing, like SEO. We do a lot of Google ads. We do a lot of um, uh, a lot of content creation, which we're going to talk a lot about today. Yeah. Um, a lot of what we, and then we've, you know, we've got a, a new um, CRM, which we've got out there, which is, we'll definitely have it. Uh, we have a landing page for you guys as well off the back of this um, that you guys can go on ahead and get a bit more information. But it's amazing new um, sales and marketing CRM, which we've, been refining over the years and it's um essentially it's like all everything we do serves as like a foundational product for a trade business and by that i mean you know we don't look at the website as being a website and we'll talk about this as we get into a little bit as well because it's we we really try and change the paradigm on that and get guys to think well this is like this is not just a website this is our marketing launch pad you know and really get them thinking about how they can use these things productively to their advantage instead of just having like having having tick the box right 
So, and the same goes for a lot of the marketing campaigns. Like the campaigns are really specifically designed for based on what the the individual businesses, you know, outcomes, you know, or thereafter, right? So that could that could form a number of different things. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then at the crux of all of that, like we found, you know, that one of the big problems is a lot of the, a lot of our clients don't have a lead generation problem. They've just got a lead. Uh, nurturing problem, you know. There's this mm. huge churn and churn and burn mentality yeah. out there with l- leads and acquisition for trade businesses, and and a lot of that comes at the cost of neglecting their existing clients, which you and I both know are the ones that you should be looking after more than anything. Yeah, I um, we're gonna t- I will come back to the the like website do's and don'ts in a minute. I'm sure you have a lot of perspective, probably have a lot of hours looking at these things and you, you know what works and what doesn't and can probably address a lot of common mistakes. I think though, just to maybe um, frame up the rest of what follows, let's kind of get on the same page by what we mean. Uh, when you say content, content marketing, do you have a content strategy? These are really like buzzy words right now in the modern like idea sphere for business people. And I always, um, buzzwords always are kind of a red flag to me. I'm like, okay, what are we actually talking about? So could you just, um, most, most listeners probably have a a vague idea. Some people may be actually pretty deep down this rabbit hole, but, um, in its simplest form, like what is content marketing and more specifically, how, how does it apply to tradies or contractors? Well, if we go back even further, right? So, and this is something that I really want to, if, if, if there's one thing the listeners can take out of this podcast, um, it's this, what you guys do is only boring to you. So don't fall into the trap of thinking that, you know, just because you're a plumber or you're a builder or electrician or whatever it might be, that that your story is not interesting because for somebody that is looking to engage your services, your story is very interesting. The problem is you just are not telling it properly or at all, right? So when we go down the whole rabbit warren of, um, you know, the content, at the crux of it is how do we best communicate what we do and how we do it and who we do it for and why we do it. And while we're doing that, Benji, we're, we're achieving one really significant thing. And this is one thing that's kind of hard to measure, but we're building trust and rapport. Yeah. And we live in the information age. People are coming to you and they're coming to your business because they want information and as a business owner, it's your responsibility to give them that information. You know, you look at your podcast, right? Like you guys are out there actively educating people about things that are relevant to their businesses. That's the whole point, right? Mm-hmm. And while you're doing that, you're building trust and rapport. People are like, wow, these guys got a coaching program. Epic. I'm down for it. Like it's a, like you're serving them. And the problem is that so many people and businesses we see out there are so good at doing what they do, but they're so bad <laughs> telling that story. So the purpose of this podcast here is to empower you guys that are watching or listening to this, to, like to put you in a position of power when you really, you can take control of this thing and you don't need a marketing agency to do it. You just need 10 minutes, a notepad and a cup of coffee and you know, you're on your way. Why do you, do you have a take as to why that might be? Like why people are so good at doing the thing, but so bad at telling Absolutely. the story? What, what's that about? Absolutely. I mean, it's a prophecy, right? Like you, you, we, we're brought up as tradespeople and I know cause I am one, like we're brought up swinging hammers and 
you know, installing pipes and throwing stacks up and pitching roofs and, you know, installing switchboards. Like we're not, we're not, we're not brought up knowing how to, you know, talk about that journey. We're not, in truth, we're not even talk about, we're not even brought up knowing how to talk about business. Like we know nothing about that in the training of our, you know, in, in our apprenticeships or anything like that. Well, it's essentially, and it's, it's probably slightly different, you know, over in, over in North America, but I know, you know, in, in, in Australia, for example, you finish your apprenticeship, you do your licensing course and then there you go, here's your license, yeah. go trade as a business. And you're like, you're not equipped to run a business. You're not even equipped to use the word business in your vernacular, but the, sure enough, there's your license, off you go. So, right. you know, you then got to, these are things that like beyond your official training, you've got to go and invest in yourself to learn these things. And this is a big message. This stuff can be learned, guys. Like no one, no one starts this stuff you know, like amazing. Like yeah. it's, you start bad and you get better. That's the whole process, right? So the important the important part is you start. Yeah. And so, you know, when, we, when we're talking, when you, you know, the reason why most people don't do this is first of all, because they, they, they don't know where to start, which is one thing that we're going to re- remove today. We're going to help them with that. And the second thing is they're afraid of it and whether they like it or not, um, you know, creating content is uncomfortable, um, especially when you don't really have. <laughs> you don't got to tell me that. I know exactly. I know exactly how uncomfortable it is. The lights are bright. You got to be well prepared. Once the camera starts, you really can't stop. It's uh, it is a grind. Sorry, I interrupted you there. Um, but well, I, I, I mean, know exactly okay, what you're and, talking and, about. And you're you're referring to video, and video yeah. is you know there's that, and I, I of course. You know, 75% of statistics are made up, but they talk about, you know, like 90% of people uh, fear public speaking over death. So essentially they're saying nine out of 10 people would rather be dead than uh, get up and present, right? So um, like we're doing video, which is, it's just, it is tricky. And this is like one of the things that, you know, it really does take a lot of time uh, getting used to. But I'll cast some perspective on how you can make these things easier for business and people and businesses because it doesn't always have to be video. Um, and when we're talking about content, content can span many different areas. Um, the, the, the point of it is not so much what you decide to do, it's it's what you decide to talk about and how you structure those sort of conversations because, you know, we live in a world where there's a lot of noise, Benji, oh. like there's just noise everywhere, right? And, you know, all you have to do is, you know, open Google and search, you know, Plumber Vancouver to see noise. And it's going to be the same ads and the same blah, 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 right? So the whole purpose of what we're talking about here is, well, how can we stand out from some of the noise and how can we do it in a way where we're actually being recent, frequent, and we're being useful, right? Right. Relevant. So because- can I go this back to something? Essential. <clears throat> sure. Sorry, I just want to go. I, like, may, maybe you're about to answer this, but you said something earlier. You're like, like, wh- wh- where do we start? Like, if someone is listening to this podcast and I'm like, fuck, Matt is totally right. I'm a really good craftsman. I do excellent quality work. The thought of telling my story is totally daunting and overwhelming. Like. Wh- What's what is square one for that person who who maybe hears this, finds it compelling, believes in the whole concept, wants to stand out from the noise? What's what's square one? 
Okay, so the first thing that I want, like I want you guys to address is this, right? And this and this little this little paradigm can really make a difference to you guys when you do go down this journey. Here's the reality: most of you guys are not going to do this. Right? I'm going to sit here and I'm going to tell you about all these things that you can do to get started, and most of you won't do it, but a handful of you will. And so, what we're going to I'm going to give you guys a few little tips on what you, what you guys can do to actually get this thing moving. But I do want to say one thing: all of you can do this. Whether or not you decide to do it is up to you. But if you want the outcome, you've got to do the thing. So <clears throat> this is the thing. If you decide that, okay, I, I really want to have, I really want to do this. I really want to build trust and rapport with my clients. I really want to be able to stand out from the noise. <clears throat> then the doing part of it becomes irrelevant, right? So that's just part of the process. If you want to get the outcome, you have to do the thing. Mm-hmm. So forget about the doing because that is just a given. But it won't become a given until it becomes part of your process. And I know you guys are massive on process over at BTA. And and, and what I mean by that is if at some point, you know, you know, within your content strategy or whatever it is where you've, you realize that, you know, a certain point on a job, for example, you need to be recording or documenting at least – um, things things that relate to that project, which you are then going to inevitably um, create a piece of content on or turn into a video or turn into a blog or whatever it might be. Like until you make that step part of your on-the-job checklist or whatever it is, it will time and, time and time again get relegated on the important list of things to do right behind, um, you know, listening to Benji's amazing podcast and going to the pub with your buddies on Friday afternoon. So make it part of the process if you want to, if you want anything to get done. And it's the same for anything. If it doesn't become part of your process, it will inevitably get dropped at some point. So that will help you with the consistency side of things. And when we're going back to what we should be creating content on, the thing is, like, we can, we're sitting here having this conversation now. Um, we could be having this conversation over, over FaceTime on a Friday afternoon, um, just one mate to another across the world. We do it all the time, right? We go to a job site, we sit there in front of our customers, and we will have, you know, we will give them a, a, a defined explanation of what it is we're going to be doing, why we're going to be doing it, why we recommend that what are the alternatives are, blah, blah, blah. We'll be telling them all these things to their face. Yeah. And then the second that you hold up this little black gadget in front of their face, the phone or the camera, they clam up and turn into school kids. Now, the difference is the little black gadget. The right. difference isn't the way they present. Like I am yet to come across, uh, you know, and no doubt there are some out there, but, you know, the people, our customers, our clients and the people that we work with, Every single one of them to this day have got fantastic presentation skills when it comes to talking about what they know. Right, right. So I'm not talking, I'm not asking you guys to, you know, give me the history on evolution or I'm not asking you guys to, you know, help solve some, you know, mathematical equation. Like I'm asking you to talk to me about things, things you, you talk about every day. Every day. The content's and already there. Time, yeah. <clears throat> Correct. And you guys are already doing this. You're just not doing it in a way that's leveraging your time. So if you, for example, um, you know, on a, on a job and, you know, there's there's a or, or one of the, the best place to start with this is answering answering common questions. And and, and I don't mean like it doesn't necessarily have to be FAQs and that kind of stuff. But what I'm saying to you guys is. 
and this is a really common situation, especially for, you know, say some of our, like a lot of our builder clients who, in truth, the, 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 the building conversation is kind of like down the track when it comes to the list of things that need to be in order for that customer to be having that conversation at that point in time. There it needs sure to be is. things yeah. that have already been done. Mm-hmm. They need to have architectural drawings created. There needs to be finance arranged. There needs to be, you know, engineer reports. There needs to be council approval. There's all these things, right, that have to happen. Yet people are answering their phone and speaking to clients that haven't done any of these things and they're essentially wasting their time. Mm. And we found that you can address a lot of these concerns and a lot of these um, a lot of that journey through creating content which educates the customer or the potential customer as to these are the things you need to do before you come to us. And you can steer them in the direction of these resources and I encourage you guys to do that because inevitably it will then come back to you. But the point I'm trying to make is be useful, be relevant and give people information that can help them get to their destination because in truth, they don't really know what that looks like. And so you, you have a responsibility to take them on that path. I, the word that you've said a couple of times now it, that I really like is, is useful. Um, like, like this also like become a pretty famous, like Elon meme where like, he just says this all. It's like, if you ask Elon, like, what's your advice for young people? He's like, you know, in his very Elon ways, like, just like try to be useful. And I think that that's a very <laughs> succinct way of s- describing what content marketing is. You are creating You are designing, creating, releasing, and publishing, distributing, in fact, content that your ideal client finds useful. And hopefully that information helps them along the buyer's journey towards, guess who? You, waiting for them right at the end of that path in an ideal world. I, before we get sure. too deep in this, into this, like wh- what are like the most um, uh, available, accessible, inexpensive content types? Like I'm thinking, okay, there's definitely video content. There's definitely blogs. There's definitely photography. Like what, what are some of the, what's your, your top five list of, of just content types that contractors should start to wrap their head around? Let's circle back to that because I really want to drive home the point that before we decide what types of content we're going to create that we understand like sorry what mediums we use for content creation that we understand what type of content we need to be creating so that like if you like you just said then you know if you're useful you're relevant if you're relevant you're useful and so the the common mistake that we see in trade businesses all over the world with people we work with is they love to we, we fall into the trap, and this is not necessarily specific to trade businesses either. Like, this is a business mistake in general. Like, we tend to create content that, that we want to read. Yeah. So, I have this thing which I call the mum test. And essentially, I say to guys, if you're creating this content, create it so your mum would understand it. And I don't mean that to be patronizing. Sorry, mum, if you're watching, which of course you are, because you love this show so much. <laughs> but what I'm trying to say to you guys is like you've got to dull it down a bit and you've got to create content that speaks to your customer not to yourself and it's really really easy to slip into that technical jargon um, stuff that we want to hear uh, ourselves because it makes sense to us but it makes sense to no one else trust me so um, when we're talking about 
um, you know, creating like content, it's really important, first of all, that we say, okay, well, let, let's start with these, this question that I get asked 15 times a week from different people over and over and over again. How can I, I'm so sick and tired of answering this question over yeah. and over again. How can I leverage my time better? Okay, and then and you there will be list there will be listeners and viewers sitting there watching this right now, Benji. I can promise you, going, holy shit, that is me! Like it's always the same questions, right? So answer those ones first. That's mm-hmm. what I say to you guys: document those and answer them first. And when you're answering these questions, like contrary to what you might be thinking and what you see out there in the marketplace, when I say be useful and relevant. Um, I, I don't mean try and ram sales down their throat. So some of the like pitfalls that you see a lot are, when we work with our clients, we do this, our client, this, all that. They're like, shut up. Just talk about the thing, right? Like it's it be useful and be relevant and stop trying to ram your sale down their throat. Like they know what you do. So you've given them an avenue to come back to you for more information. Like that's great. But the point I'm trying to make is like, it doesn't have to be a big sales pitch, and like that that day is dead. Like, it, it's it's not about that anymore. It's now about okay, well, how can we educate this person so that they want to come back to us? You know, not not, not so much us like ramming ramming our products and our services down their throat. We want to make it, we want to stand out from the noise by being useful and relevant. So answer those questions and do, document those questions down. Now, stemming into off once you have that idea and you don't mm-hmm. need a lot of them, and, and to put this in perspective, guys, if you're thinking this sounds like a lot of work, right? It's work and it's different work. And sure, it's going to take time. It's going to take energy. Again, if you want the outcome, you've got to do the thing. But what I would communicate to you guys is if you have a clear understanding of, say, the top 12 questions that you get asked, right? And this is a starting point. And I say this to people all the time. Just start here. Let's document the top 12 questions that you get asked by your customers. You can record those 12 questions. I mean, if, we, if we're going to do video, right, for example, you can record those 12 answers in about an hour. Yeah. You can chop them up into 12 different pieces and then you have 12 months worth of content. So it's really not as complicated as you think. Yeah. You just need to get started. So when we talk about the different mediums for content, there's a few things you need to address there. And you touched on, you know, a couple of the main ones, obviously website content, there's video, there's email, uh, so on and so forth. What I would say to you guys is, and I know you do this as part of the, you know, your program anyway, if clearly define what your avatar is. Mm. So, for example, you know, if your avatar is, I just got an inquiry come through overnight from a company out here um, that wants to engage our services. They do lift installations for mm-hmm. residential homes. So they, they so they work with builders and they put lifts in, right? And and you know, in, in our onboarding form or in our in our discovery form, they we ask, you know, who's your ideal client? She's oh, you know, realistically, customers that are seventy plus. Right. Like, okay, so. So straight away, like I hear that and I say, okay, well, that eliminates a lot of platforms where you're going to be creating content, right? So when I say be recent and frequent and relevant, it also means design content that's going to, you know, be in the space it's easy of to your find. avatar, right? Yeah. Exactly. You're probably not going to go and create these, you know, this huge Twitter campaign if you're trying to target 70-year-old. <laughs> um, Who need help you know, up the stairs. Homeowners. Yeah, right. Right. Okay. Yeah. So- 
again, the, the medium itself is dictated by a, a lot of other things. And, you know, the, the, the other thing is when we look at a piece of content, you can take one piece of content and you can spin it a million different ways and you can use it on in a million different types of mediums. So, you know, we now essentially create video content, like exactly what we're doing right here. But this piece of video content, so to, to put some more perspective for you guys out there on how you can leverage, you know, content, you know, I could, we, we could take this video and you probably are going to, and you'll turn it into a web page. And then you can take the video itself and you can chop it up into tiny little snippets and you can promo. send those snippets out to social yeah. social media. And then you can go and create an email newsletter and you can talk about this amazing guy with a funny accent in Australia who came on and taught us all how to become uh, content geniuses. And you can send it out in an email newsletter. And then you can do like, you, and then you can go and, you know, take some of these incredible quotes that we've just been dropping Benji and you can go stick it on a t-shirt and you can rock around, you know, Vancouver in this amazing, like there's a million ways you can spin content, right? But the point is get started. So I I say to you guys, like understand, first of all, who you're speaking to. Second of all, understand. So what are the, what are these, what questions do we need to answer that is going to help them better understand um, or better understand the, you know, what we do, why we do it and who we do it for. And then you can go, okay, well, why don't we start with this? And then we can um, basically test the water because you don't know. And funnily enough, you can run two parallel businesses next to each other, which look relatively similar. And very often they'll get different results from yeah. different things. So it's yeah. really a case of like taking all this mud and chucking it up against the wall and seeing what sticks. You know, I'd, I'll make a comment about the, oh, this sounds like so much work piece as well. Cause I think, um, that's probably the number one objection that people would have. And just to sort of address that from our own perspective, from my own perspective, it, it is a lot of work. I'm not going to pretend it doesn't take time to prepare questions and shoot video and write email copy. And like, we've got this, like people don't realize there's, there's a team behind me on this also, but once the content's done, it's done. And you can read the slicing and dicing that you just said is like this multiplier that people don't really, if you, if you do the 12 questions exercise, you come up with 12 great bits. You, that's now 12 potentially great blog posts. It's social posts. It's, it's something you could throw in the newsletter. In my, in our case on this podcast, we do a podcast episode. I will then parlay that into a PowerPoint deck that I can go do at a conference. We'll, We'll throw it on our Instagram. We'll do an email blast for it. We'll do a quick segment on another channel. Like it is, there's leverage that you create for yourself when you have the asset done. And there, so I think I would just encourage people to think about that. It's not like you're making this one thing that has utility one time in in the length of your career. You're creating something that can be uh, sliced and diced and utilized in a whole host of different ways that you're not even you're not even mentally open to yet because you haven't done the thing in the first place, like you say. So yeah, it's work, Mm -hmm. but there's a whole bunch that becomes easier once it's finished. And and I would argue as well that a lot of what we're talking about here is designed to save you time. And so if you're having the same conversations on repeat over and over again with different people, 
like that's draining and that's a time suck, you know, like that's stopping you from swinging hammers or like chasing quotes or whatever, right? So these are things that you should be looking at. Okay, well, yeah, this is going to take me, you know, three times longer than it would if I just had the phone conversation with them four times, five times, 10 times, who knows? But like down the track, how much time is it actually going to save me? And then, you know, you've got this resource there which you can consistently refer people to when they have the same question and ideally the people are consuming that content through whatever medium it's on before they even come to you so you when they come to you they are further down your sales cycle and they're further and they're that much closer to engaging you than they would be otherwise. Yeah, I, I that's been my experience with this. I know it's the experience with a lot of our members who've implemented a content strategy. Their closing rates are up, their prices are up. The length of time it takes to do the deal is much shorter. People are like, people are ready to buy. They have a few final questions, but they're not asking like, hey, how does this work? And what does your process look like? And what can we expect? And how much does it cost? Those questions have been answered through content and they maybe have a few final things they want to they wanna tease out of you. But by and large, they've done a lot of the research and decision-making already. So, um, You know yeah, what, Mike, this, this is... I, 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 we should definitely we should definitely put this on a t-shirt as well, Benj. Like content is like systems for your customers, mm. right? So think of it like that. Like you got you guys. I don't know. You're massive on the, the BTA. You know, you're all about you know creating systems and processes for businesses, right? So you do that so that you don't have to keep telling your team members the same shit over and over again. You go and document a process and you give it to them and they follow the process. And if the process breaks or they don't do the thing properly, you go fix the process. It's the same with content, right? Like we use content for the same reason when it comes to our clients. It's like, well, okay, how do we educate them about something so they stop asking the same stupid yet justified questions stupid to you for them it's the first time they've asked it (laughs) they're like oh i got a good one for matt you've heard it a hundred thousand times going back to the mediums thing like assuming we're not dealing with a an 88 year old customer who's looking for like a lift up the stairs that is kind of like a uh i mean that's definitely an avatar i don't think it's the avatar of most (laughs) of our clients right like let's think of like a residential contractor uh you've got a homeowner you know, upper middle class income, um, reasonably tech savvy. You know, you probably know, know a few other things about this avatar and those would change a little bit um, depending yeah. on where they live. But broadly speaking, what mediums are in 2022, what mediums are working uh, for contractors these days? I mean, the golden the golden egg is like is video content because you, you, your competitors are just not doing it. And and if they are, they you know there's a handful of them, right? So it's really really easy. Like, do you know how hard it is for for me as a marketing agency to gain traction in video content? Like, every single person with a webcam and a microphone out there on YouTube is right. is a marketing expert all of a sudden, right? You guys as plumbers and builders and electricians and landscape gardeners and painters, you are just sitting on this like untapped pool of opportunity held back only by your fear of holding a camera up in front of your face. So, and I've said this a million times, just stop making excuses and do it, right? So video is great because like we can take this video and we this is a prime example. You look at this podcast and I'm not suggesting that you guys go and start a podcast. Like don't, I'm just 
just hear me out. We can record this video and then we can take this video and we will turn this into an audio podcast, which then gets uploaded to Apple and to Spotify and whatever, right? We will then take uh, the audio and we will transcribe that into into text, which we will then put up on a web page, which people can then go read through the whole conversation if they want. On that web page, we'll also have a uh, a page which has doc, which is um, you know, summary of the conversation, maybe some short links to different parts of the conversation, so on and so forth. We'll then take that page and we can turn that into social media content. So we'll say, okay, well, let's take this snippet out of that video, put it over there with this copy, and we'll post that to our Facebook page and to our group, or maybe we'll even run a Facebook ad or Instagram ad or something like that. So all of a sudden, you've got this one piece of content that you've been able to use on on YouTube, which is essentially a search engine. Mm-hmm. Um, you can you can run ads to it on YouTube as well. You can um, you can embed a YouTube video onto a web page. So by doing so, you're driving people back to your website. So then you've got when they're on their web page, they can also read through some content to get a better understanding of you know some of the parameters of the conversation. And then if they follow you on social media, they can also see snippets of things that you've been spoken that you've spoken about or extracts or off or whatever it might be. And so all of a sudden you've got this piece of content that you can now leverage in so many different ways. And in truth, like you can you could run that piece of content through 50 chopped up syndicated you know pieces across so many different um you know different platforms and different mediums but i mean the common ones i would say to you guys is you've got to have a website because the whole goal of this is to get people back to your website so the common mistake that i see benj is people and you would assume you've seen this as well people go and create these amazing facebook articles or LinkedIn articles or whatever, right, on this job that they've done and they post it to their Facebook page, which you and I both know. Rented land. And, well, not even that. Like, the if who follows your Facebook page? Yeah. It's your friends and your family who are trying to support you. And at no point in the history of the universe are they ever going to pull their wallet out and buy anything from you. Like, they're just there to support you. So... Get your get the journey right. Create the content on a platform that you own and control, which yeah. is your website, yeah. and then share it wherever the hell you want. <laughs> so you know that's that that's and because the whole point, as we said, is we, we want to get people. We want to get you, you want to control that journey somehow. If people come to your website, okay, cool. So they've seen the video, great. Oh, bang! Here's a pop up on how they can get um, Matt's top five tips on how you can yeah. create content as a tradesperson. Oh, amazing! That's just what I'm looking for. Bang! Let's download this. Boom! Download it. Oh, bang! Here's an email comes through. Now they're in their email marketing database, right? right? So now you say, hey, you notice the, here's a short video we did on the first step of this. Go check this out. Bang! There's five pieces of content. They get dripped out over the course of the next two weeks, whatever it might be. And then, so now you're building trust and rapport and you're being useful, you're being relevant, you're being recent, you're being frequent and you're giving them things that they can, you know, that is actually what is, is what they're actually interested in. Yeah. Do you think going back to the, like vi- this video thing, it's like, think of the questions that you have to answer all the time and then record yourself answering those questions in your own style. And then sort of from there parlay that into different types of, of content. Do you advise people to do that? Because video is relatively, um, 
like relatively stream of consciousness. Like it's just like once you get over the fear of like the camera thing, you, you, once you get over that hump, it's all it's all there mentally. Whereas if you were to like, hey, buddy, can you go write a really good blog post or could you go create this really cool newsletter? You and I both know they're going to sit down. It's going to take them a day and a half. It's probably going to be shit. Like most people are not mm-hmm. great writers. They're not like they're not direct response copywriters. They're not journalists. They don't have a whole bunch of experience at a keyboard creating good quality written word. So, so is that why you say like, Hey, start with video and then like turn that into different things? Cause it's just like, it's more accessible. I don't necessarily say start with video, but I stay, I say that video is probably the one medium that you can repurpose in many, many different ways. So you can take a video and you can repurpose it into a blog. But if you want to write a blog, then you've got to go and record a video on that. You can't just go straight up repurpose it. And so, and, and again, like I don't, I want, I want to take objections away as to you know people that are, you know, saying, oh well, that's me, Benj. I'm, I'm a shit writer. You know, I'm, that's not my game. I'm a, mm. I'm a builder. I just, I just put roofs up. And I say, don't, don't, don't let that become an excuse for you. So. I'm, I used to be a plumber, right? And I was, and my mum still laughs at the fact that now we are so heavily in this content space because I literally could not spell to save my life. Uh, and through doing it, you become better at it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I'm an avid reader now. I read a lot of books. Mm-hmm. I love it. I never, mum reckons I never read a book entire, through the whole way through school. And now I just consume them hand over fist because I love bloomer. them. I'm like, these are things. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, as you, as you grow and you mature, you know, and, and you, and you work on things, they improve. It's like, you don't, you don't wake up, you know, one morning and all of us, you know, you just naturally a great baseball player. You go and practice, you know, you, you train and you, you, you put the work in to get better at these things. This is no different. So, you know, if you want to be a great content writer, you can do it. There's, there's programs out there that will help you not be crap at spelling. There's tools that we use in our agency with every single one of our team members has access to tools, you know, like Grammarly. Get Grammarly. It's $11 a month. Like, come on, give your head a shake, guys. Yeah. It tells you how, it tells you if you made a spelling mistake, it tells you if you've made a grammatical mistake and, um, you know, and, and it'll help you even formulate pieces of content like it's really really useful and it's cheap but the, again the, the point the point is it's it's not you've got to start somewhere in or you need a benchmark to be able to be to improve from right yeah. you don't have to go very far to find examples of content that is great and i say to you guys if you're struggling of, of where to start follow the who what how when where and why formula mm. so if you answer all those questions in relation to a piece of content you'll typically not go too far wrong um it's just a case then of articulating your answers around that. But um, you could literally sit there following that formula on any piece of, on any question that you've got and you will have, it will, it will create a great piece of useful content for you. I want you to um, dismantle another objection that I bet someone is probably driving around in their truck thinking they go, yeah, yeah, this sounds cool. I get it. Like it'd be nice, but <clears throat> lead gen is not an issue. I got lots of work. Like we're booked out for six months. <clears throat> like we have so much business flying at us. Like what would be the point in doing this, Matt? Yeah. And so, uh, so we, and, and that's 
pretty common, um, especially off the back of, you know, this whole COVID thing when every, yeah. all businesses have opened up and like we're, we're the same, um, we have clients that are booked out for months and months and months. But again, a lot of them, a lot of them are having these conversations with, with people, you know, in order to get to that point, to book the book out their sales pipeline, job pipeline, you know, a lot of them are having conversations with people that are not, not necessarily their avatar, right? So, we're, we're lucky we're in a position at the moment where there is a lot of people looking for our services, but that doesn't mean that we shouldn't still be proactively educating those people. Because if you're in a, I mean, like you said, you were booked out for two years in advance. <clears throat> like you guys have to put into perspective that if you've got somebody who's basically agreed to go ahead with, you know, one of your services in two years time, that's a lot of time between when they've come to you initially and said they'll go ahead and when, you know, the work actually begins. So you have a golden opportunity here to work on that relationship through educating them about things that you are doing and that are interesting to them throughout that period, which is only going to improve, first of all, your relationship and then their opinion and their and that trust and rapport, um, mm-hmm. you know, that, that they see that they see in you. Mm-hmm. So like it's it's probably it's arguably more important than ever in that situation because you what you don't want is two years down the track for something to happen and then to jump ship or you know someone to you know come and say oh we can do this in 12 months time not two years and then go oh, okay well, we'll go with them like you you want to you really want to dial that in yeah so I, I would say for you guys out there that are, that are considering that um it's never a case so much of like it, it's it's it's, it's probably more relevant in a way because the content that you're creating doesn't have to play in that traditional marketing realm. Like you don't need to do that because all you are really doing is educating, which is amazing because educational content will get consumed hand over fist. I mean, all you've got to do is go to Google, right? And, and like, like most people will skip straight past ads and they'll go straight to SEO and the content they find in SEO is typically educational based content Mm. like that's just human behavior right we know that we've tested it like that is not news to anybody so but but that that should ring home to you guys you know like practice that like okay how do we how do we answer some of those how do we be that that business that's answering that question when somebody types this thing into google right i think people might it's it might strike people as so simple that they don't give it the credit it's due but this the thing about educational content you kind of open with it. You're like, it's, it might be boring to you. It might be simple to you, but you wouldn't believe how many people don't actually know how to do that. And are curious about it. There are how to chop an onion videos on YouTube that have tens of millions of views and have probably made the creator. Yeah. Right. Probably made the creator hundreds of thousands of dollars, maybe more. It's like, it, it's, it's mind blowing to me at how, um, how sort of simple the task may be, how seemingly obvious the solution is to you, but there is a massive demand for it out there and, and, and creating that you have it there. It's stored forever. It's, it's now something people can find and find useful for a long time to come, which, which just sort of positions you as authority and expert in the space that you want to be in. And what I would say to, um, you guys that are considering that is first and foremost, what you're watching right now, don't do that. Like this is like highly polished, highly rehearsed, not highly rehearsed, but it's like, this is a refined 
piece of content that has been, you know, th- that is well and truly above the grade of what you guys need to be out there creating to get started. So there's a journey. And in truth, you guys went straight head on into the full high production sort of uh, content creation, um, which is a testament to, I suppose, Igor. But the, the you guys out there, you don't have to do that. And, you know, you guys can start small and build on it. You know, like when I started the podcast, it was an audio podcast. And over the years, it evolved into video. The same thing will happen for you. You start with your phone and then you might end up buying a DSLR camera if, you, if it gets a bit of traction and like don't overcomplicate it right mm. so you, the, the the thing that the thing that interesting resonates in a big way when it comes to content creation is it being raw and like this is why i say to you know, i was saying to you Ben, like the com- make the conversation conversational because like it podcasts are traditionally not highly rehearsed and you know it's the same with a lot of these people out there that are creating content for their customers they want to know you they want they don't want to see this you know highly polished brad pitt you know um you know style of presentation they want to speak they want to hear from the builder that's building their house they're not expecting you to be you know this highly refined you know acting trained um, no professional. One They're that. expecting you to be a builder. Yeah. Yeah. So get out there and be yourself. And again, like this is, it is literally no different to the conversations that you will have day and day again with your clients. The only difference is this time that you've just, you're putting a camera up uh, instead of having a person standing there. And that's the way you should approach it. It's like, well, how, how would I have this conversation with a client? That will make your life so easy. Trust me. <laughs> so start with iPhone videos uh, before you go and get an expensive film studio. Keep it simple. Don't overspend on this. This is way more available and, and, and lower budget than probably a lot of people think. The cameras on phones today are incredible. Mm-hmm. Things you do need to consider, and we're probably going down a bit of a segue rabbit hole here, but things you just do need to consider when you are, if you are going to record video is first of all, lighting. You want to make sure that you can be seen. So make sure you've got a light facing you so you, so that you, and, and you're not got your back to the sun, for example. Um, and the other one is sound. So you can get these tiny little lapel mics, which might cost you 30 bucks or something. Um, and you plug it into your phone and then it gives you really good sound quality and you can avoid things like wind and that kind of stuff. Like yeah. there's little things you can do, but you know what, again, these are, this, even those things are stepping stones. Like you record your first video and you go, Oh, that lighting's shit. And my sound sounds terrible. How do I fix that? Oh, maybe I'll have not not have the the sun behind me when I do the next one, and maybe I'll have a get a little microphone. Like little things like that will always pop up, and you'll always find better ways to improve it if you're being receptive to it. Yeah, can we um can we talk about websites for a second? I, I've got you've sure. you've got a lot of reps looking at these, analyzing them, building them, refining them. Um, kind of a fun one, but. When it comes to websites, which as we've discussed earlier, is kind of like square one of all your marketing assets, what are the most common mistakes that you see contractors make if they're kind of doing a DIY site or you see other agencies make? Like what makes you go like, oh my God, what an idiot. Oh, okay. I, I go straight away when you say what makes me go, oh, cringe. Yeah. Like it's, it's permission to play. People trying to marketing, permission to play things. And so when I say permission to play, it's like, 
when people go to your website, they go and they get information about you. And the first thing they see is we are trustworthy and reliable. We're honest. I offer honest upfront pricing. We guarantee our work. It's like no shit. Like that stuff is not marketable. And like when you're talking about and then half the people out there have probably just pulled the car over and they've just rang the office and they're going, hey, take that shit off our website. <laughs> but it's true. Like you don't, these are permission to play things. This is expected of you. If you're running a business, you would want to be honest and trustworthy. You would want to guarantee your work. Like, so you've got to think out a little bit more creatively when it comes to um, how you communicate your message and what it is you're actually communicating. So that's the first thing that I would take off like off don't, your website. Like, so don't like, don't try to brag about what are in this day and age considered incredibly baseline expectations. Yes, we clean up. Like, yes, we write sure. estimates. It's like, that is an assumption. Exactly. Like, and if you're, if that's like, you're, if you're opening with that, if you're leading with that, it's like a comedian coming out with a terrible joke on their opening set. Like you got yeah. nowhere to go, but down. You get, you get one chance at a first impression, right? And that first impression is in 90% of the cases, the above the fold message on your website. Very so do not waste above the fold on your website. And by above the fold, I mean, if you open your laptop and you bring up your computer, what's the first thing you see on the top of the page, right? Mm -hmm. So use that space very well to to parlay your message and educate people about what you do and drive that message home because chances are if you don't do that, they are not going to scroll. What else do you see so, that drives you crazy? Say again? What else do you see that just drives you insane when you're looking at websites? Uh, like, I mean, it doesn't necessarily drive me crazy and in truth, it's kind of a hard thing to even get from cl our clients sometimes. It's, it's like relevant and useful call to action, you know? So when I say call to action, I mean, well, what, what, are the, what is the thing that you're wanting the visitor to do? And so typically you'll see on a website, call now, uh, uh, fill in this form or contact us or whatever it is, right? Like you can be a little bit more creative with these things. So yes, they may be important, but like the, if you're trying to like grab someone's attention, like what's something that you can do? And it, it could either be a call to action. It could be, hey, check out this video on like, you know, we, we work with a lot of um, businesses that target like commercial customers, so property managers and that kind of thing. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of their call to actions are very much process driven. Yeah. Like check out our process on safe work method statement creation or whatever it might be, right? So things that are going to speak to that avatar. So you, you don't have to, and it's, again, it, I wouldn't say it drives me crazy, but I, I, I do like to see people being a little bit more creative with, you know, the way that they're trying to engage the visitor. Mm -hmm. um, because, and by doing that, it also serves as like a lead magnet. You know, you're getting people into your communication pattern, pattern somehow. Um, so have to think about that. That'll be different for every business. But again, you can, a, a lot of those things you will be able to define from the exercise that you guys uh, are going to do which is the top 12 questions that we get asked by our, by our uh, leads. Um, the thing that does really annoy me and um, 
and it looks really cheesy is stock images. So we are like really big on ex- explaining to people the benefits of carrying a camera around or carrying a phone around and just capturing images that are yours mm. for a couple of reasons. Stock images suck. You can go to any website in the world, a plumber website, and it will have a stock images that are exactly the same. It's the guy in the blue overalls uh, with the tools Fake that have tools. never ever been used, yeah. with the cheesy smile and totally. the hair that's you know perfectly done. Like It's everywhere, right? So get that shit off your website. Now, here's the caveat. We would never use that as an excuse not to launch a website but we would very, very proactively, like a hound, be chasing the client to for images that we can use to replace them as soon as we can, constantly, right? So don't use it as an excuse to not get started if you're going down the path of, oh, I haven't got the photos, but I've got to get my website up. Yes, you do have to get your website up because you've got to get an index with Google and you've got to do all these things. But this is the point. Your website is a living, breathing organism. Treat it as that. Yeah. Is no, there is no... There is nothing to say you can't, if you take a better photo of the hot water system that you've just installed than the one that's on your website, put Upload that one it. on your website. Yeah. Like change these things out and and make a culture out of this. So we say to our guys, okay, if we've got this little thing that we, we send out to them, which is like a game for their employees where um, at the end of the month, they'll get a prize and like, I, I, I shouldn't be saying it, but in most cases it's a box of beer <laughs> um, where, you know, whoever comes up with the best photograph um, for the month, they, they win the box of beer. It's a little game they play with their team and it gets the team members out there proactively creating content. Have you, you seen know, that work capturing. where like the team just like oh. they kind of pick up the ball and run with it? They're, they become photo Absolutely. takers. They're feeding content I, back to the Absolutely. owner. Yeah. And so, and again, like I would say to you guys, okay, well, you know, give them an inch, they'll take a mile. Like put some parameters around what you actually define as a good photo or you're just going to get a bunch of shit come back at you. But those things are quite simple and they're addressed through systems and processes, right? And some of those might be, okay, well, this is how you take a photo. This is what we expect. We expect you to have someone from the team has to be in the photo with their uniform on. There has to be good lighting. And this is how we go about when we do the toolbox talk with you guys on Friday, we're going to run through how to make sure there's good lighting on your phone. Like teach guys, right? Like don't blame them, train them. And so give them some parameters around how they can do the thing the way you want it done and then let them run at it. And (laughs) it's so, and they love it, you know, like it's, it it just becomes a fun game for them, you know, like it's, and, 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 and the other thing is, and you guys no doubt will, will resonate with this. If you involve your team members in the process, they're far more likely to engage with it. And by that, I mean, you can say to someone, here's the process on, on X, Y, Z, go and do it. And they'll go, yeah, right. Okay, sure. Whatever. Or if you say, Hey, listen, I want you to help me come up with the process for doing X, Y, Z. I know you're out there doing this every day. I value your opinion. I want your feedback on this because you're doing it. I'm just sitting in the office. Help me come up with this process. They will follow that process every single time until they are blue in the face because they've come up with it and it's their baby. So make it their baby. Yeah, the, the 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 likelihood that they're going to hold their team accountable to it really be sort of like a culture driver. Put you know get other people involved with it as well. This whole 
this whole flywheel effect begins to kick in with this stuff, especially when you involve like boots on the ground employees with the, with the content creation, with the writing of the SOP with the, I think that's actually, I mean, this is not necessarily a, a piece of wisdom to do with marketing as much as it is leadership. Broadly speaking, it's like, if you have an opportunity to involve a team member from ground level with, with the build out of a process, um, it's less work for you. The quality of the product in the end is higher and the likelihood that it gets adopted by the team is, is like many orders of magnitude greater rather than you coming from your office being like, Hey, I've come up with this great thing that I built and didn't ask you about it all. Please follow this down. They'd be like, fuck off, you know, but if they're the ones actually entering the keystrokes, writing the thing, consulting with you, working with their team, um, the, the adoption part, which most contractors know is like the heart, you can write a system. It's like, it's getting people to follow it. This is like where 90% of the work happens. And that's just like a real hack there. It's like, get them to write it. They're going to follow it. They're going to get their friends to follow it. They're going to get the new person that just showed up on site to follow it because they take some Mm -hmm. level of pride in it. Exactly right. And so, and and you want to create a culture of that in your business. You know, we have this, um, we have this thing in our business, which I've, which I've called the Edison project after Thomas Edison, right? And essentially we say to guys, okay, well you get two hours a week where you can go and work on anything you want that is not business as usual. Mm. So for our SEO team, for our web developers, whatever, you go and work on your little project over here. It's something that can improve the running of the business somehow or something to do with the business, but it's not got nothing to do with what you would normally do. And they love this because the thing is, right, and your guys are feeling the same thing out there. Trust me, if you guys watching this and listening to this, they, you know, the day-to-day running of their, of what they do is, it can become repetitive Mm. and people by nature are quite creative. And so you need to give them some sort of creative, you know, output. And what, if you can give them, uh, uh, you know, parameters to do that, which still benefits your business, then that's a no brainer. Mm. So, Gmail, for example, was a product that was created through um, the creative. So, so Google allows their team members to spend one day a week, one day a week on a project, right? And out of that came Gmail, which is now the world's You're largest kidding. free email platform. No. I didn't know um, that. And oh, yeah, so and and there's a number of different stories that relate to that. Um, Google Google Maps as well that came through something something similar. There's a whole bunch of these amazing stories. But the point is, right? Like, yes, it's important that you guys are, are doing the things they should be doing. You know, with the daily running of the business. But it's also important that you give them some sort of input into other areas because if you're trying to develop leaders and you're trying to develop, you know, proactive thinking. You know, it's very hard to do that when they're stuck in like the monotonous chain of day-to-day things, right? So have a think about that. Yeah. Yes, involve them in process. Make that part of your culture, you know, yeah. and, and and remunerate them for it. Say, hey, guys, anyone that can come up with a better way of doing this, there's, a, there's dinner on me or yeah. whatever it is, right? Like give them an incentive to want to do it and then they'll go and do it. Matt, you've, uh, you've said it all, my friend, any, uh, any final piece of wisdom when it comes to content marketing, building better websites, increasing lead quality, any of this stuff we talked about, what's, what's sort of like your, your, your final resounding message to our listeners on this? Sure. 
So building building websites, the crux of it, just tell your story, okay? So make sure that people understand what you do, why you do it, and who you do it for. That's the basically the foundation that will serve you looking forward forever. Now, you can be creative with how you communicate that, and you should be creative with how you communicate that, but don't fall into the trap of just putting things on your website because your competitors are doing it. Sure, there are things that do need to live on a website for the reason of the likes of SEO and things like that, which in truth is kind of a punish, but you know, sometimes you've got to meet in the middle and, you know, we do have this conversation a lot with our clients. We're like, we understand that this is what you want and we get it and we appreciate that and we agree with you. But if we want the outcome, we have to do the thing. And the thing, unfortunately, is putting this piece of content on the homepage. Sorry about that. That's how she wrote. So have clarity around that not necessarily the intricacies of what needs to be put on the website to make it stand out on search engines. That really is the job of your marketer or your marketing person. But tell your story and have fun with it. Make sure people know who's coming to their home. This is another thing, right? You know, have photos of your team on there. Like think about barriers of resistance that you can lower through having things like this is a photo and a, and a bio of Benji. He's our plumbing technician. He's coming to your home tomorrow. Straight away, they know that he's going to be this devastatingly handsome guy with a killer moustache and a Caddyshack t-shirt. And they're just going to like let that guy in. Here he comes. Like These are things that you can do, right, to lower the barrier of resistance. Think about, okay, well, if there's a, you know, a, a woman who's answering the door, she's got two small kids, dad's gone to work, like some stranger banging on the door with a, with a moustache, a cigarette, and hanging out of his mouth and a coffee in his hand, like, yo, hey, here to fix your t- crapper. Like, you know, <laughs> that's not cool. Like, so- you know, be proactive with how you how you communicate and how you introduce your team members and things like that. Put a face to your business. You know, yeah. some people think, "Oh, I want to look bigger than we are, so I'm going to take every single face off the business and just stick some stock images on there." And I think you guys are crazy. Like, yeah. get get back to the roots. Um, what else did you ask me? That's it, man. I I, I think yeah. that's I think that's a, a a good as good a place as any to end it. I I would um I would really really encourage our listeners to like kind of check you out on their own time. Can you make it easy for them to find if if somebody was like, man, this Mac this Mac guy's smart. Where do they uh, where do they find out more about you, Trady Web guys, the site shed, all the work you do. Yeah, well, I mean, we are, we are, I'm like the easiest person on the planet to find, to be honest, despite having the most common name in the world. But you can head across to tradywebguys.com.au and actually I'm going to put um, uh, something up for you guys out there, um, which will be forward slash BTA. I'll send that to you guys, okay. but it'll be tradywebguys.com.au forward slash BTA. So you can find us at tradywebguys. We are tradywebguys across all of our social media. Um, we are, or if, if you type that into the internet, we will pop up in a million places. And the same thing with the site shed. So the site shed is the podcast. That, um, we are across every platform. We are actively building our YouTube channel as well. So you can find us on YouTube. Um, so yeah, tradywebguys.com.au you or the siteshed.com you'll you'll inevitably run into us i love it thanks for being here matt 
Thanks so much for watching this episode of Contractor Evolution. If you've already subscribed to our channel, consider sharing this episode with another contractor who you think needs to hear it. Paint Ed podcasts are produced by the Painting Contractors Association and is made possible by members and industry partners. To find out more about upcoming education opportunities or for more information about joining PCA, visit PCAPaintEd.org.